Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. You're already accepted in the beloved today. You don't have to do anything to fit in. You're a child of God. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Who are we? We are children of the Most High. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning, we are talking about the topic, walk me through it. Walk me through it. I'm coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 through 7. I know I gave multimedia English Standard Version, but I'm reading from the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 5, 4 through 7. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for walking us through it. Thank you for being present with us in these earthen vessels. Thank you for showering upon us your grace and your mercy, helping us through this physical life that one day we will be able to make it to your kingdom and be with you forever and eternally. We're grateful for the privilege of representing the kingdom in earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Walk me through it, walk me through it. So I wanna talk a little bit this morning about eternal life. It's the foundation of what we believe as Christians. And we know that these bodies that we're living in are temporary. You are crafted in God's image. In a case like unto the physical casing of Jesus when he walked the earth, in physical form when he walked the earth. And this casing is good. God called us good. He, we were made in his image and called us good. So nothing is wrong with this physical body per se. It, it's the sin nature that we are prone to in this physical body that we find fault with and makes living in this physical body in this earth difficult at times. Amen? Amen. But when, we, when, when life in this physical body is over and Jesus receives us into heaven, we are then resurrected in Christ in our eternal bodies. You get a different body when you leave from here in Christ. How do I know that? 1 Corinthians 15, 44 says, we are buried in natural human bodies, but then we are raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also 
spiritual body. So can we agree that we are in physical bodies and then when we are resurrected in Christ, we have, we put on our spiritual bodies. Yes? Amen. So you are here on this earth in your natural body and when you are received by Jesus after physical death, death is a part of life, it's okay. When you know where you're going, it's all right. Amen. So we will enter into heaven and be with Jesus in our eternal bodies. Two different, two different bodies. But being a part of this world in our physical bodies, we live as Christians is a journey that has many different experiences and ups and downs. And our carnal nature is constantly at war with our spirit man within us. And it makes us wonder, are we doing this right? Are we living properly? And is that even possible for us to live this spiritual life but be encased in these natural bodies? We have to have faith and believe that the God on the inside of us is greater, amen, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And it's impossible to please God without faith according to Hebrews 11 and 6. We need faith to believe that the God on the inside of us is going to govern these natural bodies in a way that is pleasing to God. So think about it, as Christians, faith-walking Christians, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. We're called to die daily to the things of the world and renew our minds in Christ. We're called to be a peculiar people, royal priesthood, set apart from carnal society. We're called to love our enemies and pray for those who might use us despitefully. We're called to put others first and not think more highly of ourselves than other people. We're called to believe even when we can't see what's going on with our eyes. Now, let's be honest. These practices that I just listed, and these are just a few of what we're supposed to do, we're expected to do in Christ as, as kingdom representatives. These practices can be hard to put into play in everyday regular life in these natural bodies because in these physical bodies, in this physical world, we see a world that operates completely different than what we know ourselves to supposed to be operating as Christians. The standards are completely opposite of the standards of Christianity. The world says fit in. Be like everybody else, don't rock the boat. The world says, you know, do what you want, do what makes you feel good. The world says, don't, don't stand out, assimilate, conform to the norm. The world says, hey, if, if you have an enemy, seek revenge, hurt them, hate them, humiliate them. The world says, you know, always put yourself first because you don't know what the next person is gonna do, you don't know who has your back. The world says, don't believe anything until you see it with your eyes until you have it in your hand. Facts always over faith. So, I have a problem, God. You've called us to be salt and light in the earth. You've called us to be salt and light in the world. And so how can I still be a force for God and function as a human in this physical body in this world? How do I do that? God, I need you to walk me through it, because the truth is sometimes, what if I don't wanna stand out? What if I don't wanna be the one that's always being the bigger person or, or doing the right thing? What if I don't want to give up the things that make me feel good? What if I don't want to be the one who uh, doesn't get offended? I would much prefer to slap somebody that offends me rather than pray for them. Pray for my enemy? Yeah, I'll pray for them to fall down the stairs. I don't like them. I don't wanna pray for them. So God, help me. 
Walk me through it. I get upset when I don't get a pat on the back for doing something right. Yes, God, I do it for your glory and everything. But I did all the work. Let's face it. Somebody ought to be patting me on the back. I enjoy the title of being a Christian, but living out Christian principles feels awkward and uncomfortable. And sometimes it, it feels like it's too much and it's unnecessary. And it's easier to just live a private Christian life and live out loud worldly principles. It's just easier to do that. You know you get your five minutes in the morning, God, but, you know, I've got to function in regular life, and I don't want to be weird, you know. I want to be normal and fit in. The flesh is weak. But we talked about it last time I was up here, that the Spirit of God is always willing. Paul says, the thing that I, I don't do, I do that. The thing that I want to do, I don't end up doing that. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And it goes on in Romans 7 to say, Christ will. Christ will. But God, I need you to walk me through it. That's easier said than done. And that's, that's what gives us the ability to be both human in this world and on fire for Christ. With the spirit of God ruling over these physical bodies. Jesus did it first. And then he said, greater works than me, than these, will you do also. You'll do even greater than me. He did it perfectly so that we would be able to follow in his footsteps with the help of the Holy Spirit and the power of God by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But God, I need you to walk me through it. He's walking you through it with grace, with love, with compassion, with mercy, cheering you on at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. You have help. So when we say, God, you, you, you got to walk me through it because I'm a Christian, but this Christian journey and, hu and human condition, they don't, they don't mingle together. They don't play nicely. So how, how, do I, how do I do this, God? I need you to walk me through this. I'm in a physical body, but I'm a spirit being. So how does that even work? God says, I hear you. I'm right here. And I've sent you help. You have the help of the Holy Spirit in this Christian walk. And I love the way the Bible often refers to the faith journey as a walk. Because our faith journey is a walk. It's one foot in front of the other. One step at a time. One failure at a time. One victory at a time. And God never gives up on us. He never quits on us. He never throws up and says, it's too much. There's too many times you done messed up. I'm tired. He keeps on giving us grace and walking us through it and encouraging us and praying for us and giving us mercy. He's always there. And he's given us access through Jesus to divine help of the Holy Spirit, the very power of God. He's our help. John 15:26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So yes, you may be in this physical body and be prone to carnal nature, but you have a helper on the inside of you who will lead you and guide you in all truth and love on you. But you got to have the faith to believe that the power of God can do that. On our faith journey, this body in this world, in this temple where the Holy Spirit lives, you're not doing it alone. So when you tell somebody, when you're encouraging somebody, especially, you know, another Christian, you know, they're going through a hard time. You say, you got this in God. You got this. So that, that is so true. You got this because the spirit of God in you has got you. 
So you're not saying that you got this because you're strong, you got this because you're smart, you got this because you're all that, and you are in God. That's why you got this. That's why you can do this. That's why you can overcome. That's why you have the victory because the spirit of God on the inside of you, the power of God on the inside of you has given you the victory, causes you to triumph, the Bible says. Come on. He's walking us. He's walking us through it. So, of course, you can be in the world and not of the world. Sound impossible with the, with the spirit of God. Of course you can do that. Of course you can love your enemies. Of course you can live in humility. Of course you can walk in integrity. Of course you can genuinely think of others before you think of yourself. Because when you know that God's got your back, it doesn't matter. You can cheer other people on. I always say, you know, I'm not a, anybody a competitive person. It's, it's all right if you are pretty competitive. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> like, be honest. Yes, yes. I'm not a competitive person. And sometimes that, that works out for me and sometimes it doesn't. And there's nothing wrong with being competitive. But sometimes we know those people who are competitive to the point where you're like, I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but for me, I feel like we all have our lane. And I can cheer you on from my lane because my lane is clear. I'm the only one in my lane. I'm the only one that can do me. I'm the only one that can get where I'm trying to get to the finish line where I'm at. So I can cheer you on whether you're in front of me or behind me. You're not in my lane. Doesn't matter. You can't do what I do. And I can't do what you do. So right on. Sister, right on. Brother, go for it. Win. Go fight. Win. That's awesome. So when we know that God has our back, it doesn't matter who's on the left or on the right or in front of you or behind you. God is in you. The spirit of the Lord is in you. You will make it to where you're supposed to be. You will triumph. You will have the victory when you recognize who's on the inside of you. That's how you can live for God, even though we're made of flesh, by the power of God's spirit on the inside of us. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each of you a measure of faith. So we've all been given a measure of faith. You've been given that faith, a mustard seed, whatever it is. God's given you faith. And you build upon that faith through interaction, through experiences, through life, through chances, ups and downs, chances to get it right. You build upon that faith. You open the door for God to come into those places where you're weak to be strong. You open God to, into those places where you feel like it's impossible for him to do the impossible. So we build upon our faith through this life. So being in this body, being in this world where we are spirit, we are physical body, it gives us plenty of opportunity to rely on the power of God to teach us. By God's grace, we all have been given a measure of faith. What you do with that is up to you. Whether you recognize the power of God on the inside of you or not, it's up to you. So as we walk this faith journey and, and allow God to walk us through it in our experiences with him to give us opportunities to rely on the power of God, it creates space in our lives. It creates space in, in our lives to walk that faith journey even the more and strengthen our relationship in him, in the hard times, in the good times, in the bad times. He's always there. You got this because he's in you. You can do it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Everywhere I go, if I make my bed in hell, he is there. He's everywhere. God is with us and he's walking us 
through it, through this Christian journey. He's walking us through it. So when we, when we get to uh, 1 Corinthians, um, well, the, the two uh, letters of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians is written by Paul, of course, and he's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's addressing dissension in the church. He's addressing idolatrous worship in the church. He's addressing more basic Christian doctrine, doctrine in 1 Corinthians. And then it seems like, you know, he moves a little bit more to more complicated, sophisticated things in 2 Corinthians. So folks didn't really believe Paul was a true teacher. They didn't really believe that he was truly a, a teacher and authentic to the teachings of Christ. And so that was upsetting him. So he talked about that in 1 Corinthians. But by the time we get to 2 Corinthians, it moves a little bit towards some more mature messages in 2 Corinthians. And Paul, and Paul gets word from Titus that, hey, They've repented. They're turning around. They're starting to get it together here. They're starting to understand that, you know, the, the, the works of Christ are real and that you are teaching what actually Christ has taught. They believe now. They've repented. So Paul is excited because now I can give you strong meat. Now I don't have to give you milk. So let's, okay, let's get into it. So the maturity of Paul's message just changes a little bit in 2 Corinthians and shifts. And so we have 2 Corinthians 5. Paul begins to speak about eternal bodies now. Our new bodies will receive after death when we receive eternal life as our rest, resurrected, glorified bodies in Christ. That's tough stuff. That's, you know, that's, that's strong stuff right there. So Paul is talking to the people, 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to read 1 through 3. It's not up there, but I'm going to read 1 through 3, and then we'll get into 4 through 7. So Paul's new bodies. Here we go, Paul. For we know that when this earthly tent, this body we live in, is taken down, that is, we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in the present bodies and we long to put our bodies, our heavenly bodies on like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. So now we're coming in to 2 Corinthians 5, 4 through 7. Here we go. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. So Paul is saying here that it's not that we want these bodies to be gone, that we want it to die. We want our sin nature to die. We, that's our struggle. We, and we want, we're yearning for to be free of all of the things that take us away from the spirit of God that we are prone to in these physical bodies, in, these, in this carnal nature. That's what we want. That's what we're yearning for, to be in our eternal bodies, Paul is saying, to, for our, our physical bodies to be swallowed up by life. Verse five, God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. God himself is preparing you right now for your eternity. God himself is preparing you by giving you a piece of heaven to dwell on the inside of you on earth so that when you are taken up with him, heaven is familiar to you. This is not news to you. And I love this right here. And he has given a guarantee, guarantee, of the Holy Spirit. He's given you a guarantee of what you will see 
in heaven. He's given you a guarantee of the power of God by the spirit of God on the inside of you. Check this. I, y'all got the, I'm excited about this. Guarantee in the ancient Greek word are habana, which means pledge or partial payment. Down payment that requires future payments but gives the legal claim to the goods in question. So your guarantee, the Holy Spirit, is your down payment of heaven. Your guarantee, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, is just a little taste of what you're going to see when we get there. Let me t- I got to take you. That's going to take a minute to sit in. Let me give you some more to chew on. Now, in the modern Greek language, oh, my God, guarantee, our Habana means engagement ring. Woo! So the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the Lord put a ring on it. The Lord put a ring. He put an engagement ring on the inside of you. Yes, you walk this earth with this treasure in you, with this guarantee in you, in you with this arabana in you, with this partial payment, this down payment on the inside of you to control and manage this body so that the world can see the power of God operating in you in this physical realm to give me glory and see a love that they've never seen before and see a power that they've never seen before to build the kingdom of heaven. You do that. You live heaven on earth in this physical body and that power that you have will be familiar to you. It's just an engagement ring. Woo, it's just a partial down payment for what you're going to see when you get there. Oh my God. It's a partial payment. It's a down payment of what you're going to get. You know, my husband, he did good. He did good. Can y'all see that? He did really good. I really love this ring. I'll probably, if we became billionaires by chance, in Jesus' name, if you're listening, Lord, you know, that's fine. Uh, I would still keep this ring. I love this ring. So when he first gave it to me, um, I asked him when he first bought it. He bought it on his own. I didn't even have to say what I wanted or anything. I was was so nosy. I was like, just let me see. Let me see. He was like, you can't see it. I was like, well, blindfold me and just put it on my hand. And so he blindfolded me and he put it on my hand. And I noticed that my finger went down. It was heavy. The engagement ring was heavy. The weight was on. So I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. But even this engagement ring cannot compare with the kind of husband that he is to me. Can't compare. Even the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, the little taste that you got on the inside of you right now, can't compare. Eyes haven't seen. Ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for you. But I'm going to put a down payment on it. I'm going to put a ring on it. So that you can have your guarantee of the Holy Spirit is walking you through it every day you walk this earth in this physical body. You got a guarantee of the Holy Spirit, the power of God on the inside of you. And it's just a taste of what you're going to get when it's all over, when you enter your heavenly body. He's walking us through it. Okay, let me get to the rest of the scripture. Okay, so with that, now we can get to verse six. So now with that, we are confident even though we know that as long as we are in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So in the sense of we are here on earth in these bodies, we are not in heaven in our heavenly bodies. We are not with God in heaven. But we can be confident because we got the guarantee. We can be confident because we have the down payment. We can be confident because he put a ring on it. Our Rabbana. Engagement ring, arabana, pledge, partial payment of what is to come. So that's the kind of power that you have on the inside of you. And that's the kind of power that you are promised in eternal life. So that's why, come on, verse 7, we can walk 
faith and not by sight. That's why verse 7, we can live by believing and not seeing. You can't see the spirit of God in me, but I can show it to you by my faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. He's walking us through it. It's not easy. It's not easy to live in a physical world and be on fire and a force for God when a world that just kind of wants to shut that voice down. But the power of God on the inside of you, the power of God on the inside of you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got this. You got this. But I work on the flight line. You got this because he's in you. But I'm security forces. You got this. We praying for you. Because the spirit of God is on the inside of you. You never know. The world is looking for you to stand out. The world is looking for somebody to be on fire for God. The world is looking for some kind of leadership, godly leadership to follow. You be that. He's walking you through it. You can do it. You got this. Galatians 5, 25 says, if we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. You should know a tree by the fruit it bears. That's what the Bible says. You should, we should know that you're a Christian because you are led by the Spirit. So your walk should be evident that you are led by the Spirit. So exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Grow in the Spirit of God that is already on the inside of you. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. You're doing it right now. You are hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. And the word of God, that's where it starts. It's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter every day. Why? Because you got the word growing you in your faith, growing you in the power of God, growing you in the spirit of God. So walk in the spirit, and get this, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit of God on the inside of you, and you won't feel the lust Fulfill the lust of the flesh. That don't mean you ain't going to fight. That don't mean you don't want to slap them. I want to slap you for being rude to me, but I'm not. Because the spirit of God on the inside of me is stronger than that urge to slap. It's stronger. He's stronger. He's walking us through it. We're not alone. We've got heaven on earth, literally heaven on earth on the inside of you, governing you, managing you, telling your body what to do. Lining you up with the spirit of God, exhibiting the kingdom of God in a dying world for the purpose of God's will and lifting Jesus high so that all men will be drawn unto him. When this life is over, our Lord will look at us and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. And guess what? You're going to be like, oh, that looks familiar. Because you know the spirit of God on the inside of you. More than you can ever imagine. More than you could ask or think when this life is over. Because this life that we live is just a little short span in time. You're in preparation for eternal life. He is preparing you. Take the preparation. You win. Why not? Stand out. Why not? You win. You triumph. You're victorious. I'm not saying that it's not hard. It's hard. But he's walking you through it. Somebody say he's walking me through it. He's walking me through it. I'm through. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for an opportunity to hear your word in a different way, to open our hearts to your spirit, oh God. We believe. We place our faith in you. We walk by faith and not by sight because we know that your 
spirit on the inside of us is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. And so we rest there, knowing that you're walking us through it every day as we die daily to carnal nature and focus our minds and our hearts on the things that you have placed in us by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ that sent us some help to walk this earth as an ambassador for the kingdom of God. We got this because you have us. Thank you for walking us through it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.